You're listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. Hey, Liz, how are you doing, bud? Not bad. I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling the summertime heat. I don't even know what to say. You know how it sucks when yeah. by noon you're like, I sweated in these clothes <laughs> and I don't want to take them off and like take a shower and get dressed again. But I'm just kind of like, once your body temperature gets up above where you want it yeah. once in a day, it feels like the whole day is kind of informed by that, you know? You're absolutely right. You're just kind of a, you're soggier as a human. Mm-hmm. You feel moist. Your posture starts to slump. A fermented. Oh, God. Fuck. Overbaked. Oh, my God. We're getting off this topic. We're, let's, right. let's move on. Oh, gross. All right. Let's thank new patrons real quick. Yeah. Of course, always thanking existing patrons, past patrons, and our new patron. This episode is one Catriel, who I know and now you know as Big Money. Big Money. I had to say it like that. Yeah, you Big did. Big Money. So shout out to Big Money from Dumb Honey. We're <laughs> shouting out many friends on the show these days, and it's very, very fun. That's all I had to say oh, about that's that. The, okay, well, thank you, Big Money. Yep. That's marvelous. <laughs> marvelous. 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 That was great. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm just, I'm really excited. I was all set to tell you this story that I had found, and fortunately for you, you had not asked for a story on this topic, and it was really short, so I didn't. But I found someone that I want to tell you about really quick because they're a person after our own petty hearts. Because the story that you had asked me for was a weird historical figure. And Mm -hmm. I came up with one for you, but while I was trying to find this weird historical figure, I got off on a tangent on a blurb I read in Weird Washington, and it turns out that's about all there was to the story. So I I just want to let you know of this person because they are petty in the ways that you and I are petty, which means (laughs) justified and artistic in our revenge. And if I'm remembering this right, it's from like 2007. It's some city, Lakeview, Lakeshore, Lake Wobegon in Washington. And this guy that lived next to a golf course paid his dues for the golf course, but due to a clerical error, his brother, who was supposed to be on his membership, didn't get on his membership. And so the guy who lived next to the golf course and had paid said, I would like you to, you don't have to refund my money, like, but put my brother on the membership. And they said, not only will we not refund your money, we're not putting your brother on the membership. And the guy goes, well, fuck you very much. And I'm tired of people from the golf course coming onto my property, thinking it's part of the golf course. So I had better erect a fence. And wouldn't you know it, I live right by the first hole. And also, wouldn't you know it, I think I'm going to construct my fence out of, hmm, toilets. What? (laughs) Toilets? Toilets. He put like a dozen toilets in a row facing the golf course. And then... planted plants in them and seeded mannequins on them. (laughs) The mannequins. (laughs) The mannequins. And when the golf course people complained and then they got the city involved saying it was a distraction and an eyesore and a public nuisance, he and his wife painted the back of their house, which is the side that faced the golf course, bright orange with green and purple polka dots (laughs) and basically said, is that enough of an eyesore for you? 
And so the, the city took him to court. Somebody, you know, from from the golf course made it the city's problem, some kind of ordinance thing. And he actually won the case, which said, I guess there's no law that says you can't have clean toilets hanging out, making a fence in your yard. And oh, okay. this was up for like a year before the golf oh course God. was finally like, if we refund your $907, will you take down the toilets? And he said, yes, I will. Oh, my God. I love it. I hope one day I can piss off a neighbor enough that I can win the argument by putting a toilet on my property. I feel like a year is ridiculous <laughs> because if you have somebody who is that devoted to this kind of malicious compliance mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, they're not going to take it down until you cave. You are not going to outlast them. They have nothing to lose. They have zero percent to lose. Just get out while the getting's good, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That would have definitely been a from my cold dead hands situation for me. Yeah. I'm like, you uh, you want me to what now? No. I was actually thinking of moving to the Bahamas and instead now I'm gonna stay right here in Lakeshore, Washington for all my days yes. in this. Well home. now I will not do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that story made me really happy. There wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of meat to those bones, but I'm glad to share that little tiny tidbit with you. That's outstanding. Thank you for bringing that to me. You asked me for a story about a weird historical figure. So what I have for you is a short story, but it is a story about a broad after our own hearts. She was a woman known as Mother Damnable. Thanks to her spicy tongue and predilection for throwing rocks at people. Hell yeah. Okay. Marvelous woman. She was born Mary Ann Boyer in 1821 in Pennsylvania. And when she was 30, so right about 1851, she either married or, the record is unclear, she maybe just shacked up with for the long haul, David W. Bull Conklin, who was the captain of a whaling ship. I know this one. You? I know. Yeah, yeah, oh! yeah, yeah. Power. Yes, do it. <laughs> She's such big energy. I'm so excited that you know about her because I feel like anticipation, we've we've learned, is like 30% of the joy of an experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're anticipating hearing this wonderful story. Yeah, sea captain. Sea captain. Captain Conklin The article says he worked in the waters off Russian America, which is just Alaska. (laughs) We could just call it Alaska. But in two years of their married slash living together on the reg, he got really tired of Marianne. And so when he got to Port Townsend, Washington, he apparently just like yeeted her off his ship into town (laughs) and went, peace, and YOLO'd himself back up to Alaska. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like she's a moose. (laughs) I know. Stay down in Seattle with her. Yeah. (laughs) She's not bringing anything to the newspapers yet. Captain Conklin didn't need her. That's definitely the difficult thing of being married to a sea captain Mm -hmm. is if he dropped her off in Port Townsend, is that like he kicked her out of the house or he kicked her out of the car? And then took the house away and sailed it away. Yeah, that's like having an RV. And then yeah, getting into yeah. an argument. Huh? 
It's a great point. So much for all your stuff. <laughs> uh, he can keep the ship. You know, I would be a really mm. good divorced partner and just be like, you know what? <laughs> Take the whole thing, honey. You can, you can have it barnacles and all. <laughs> Some women would have gotten kicked off at Port Townsend and been like, hey, I'm the only woman for like a hundred miles. There's no work for me necessarily out here to do that I particularly want to do. What the hell? My life? I don't know. And it wasn't Marianne. Marianne was like, oh, I'm going to walk myself 50 fucking miles to Seattle and I'm going to get me a high paying job. What I'm going to get me is I'm going to manage the Falconer House, which is Seattle's first hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was actually not just the first hotel. It was apparently the first finished timber house in Seattle. The dude that brought it over, Captain Leonard Felker, he had this house. It was a prefab house, and he had it shipped over in the hull of his ship to Seattle and put it together. So he bought some land from a little guy whose name you might recognize, Doc Maynard, (gasps) down um, at First Avenue and South Jackson Street, which if anybody is familiar with Seattle and they're trying to place this on a mental map, I had to look it up. But if you know where Klondike Gold Rush National Historic Park Museum, if you know where that is, this is right where the hotel was erected. So it's it's really close to the International District. It's very close to the water. I need help understanding what they were building houses out of before. Ah? Uh, walls? Oh, that's not what I meant to say. Canvas? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I meant like wall tents! Like, it's, like wall tents out of canvas! Fuck! <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. Whoops! You were like, what? What? <laughs> A doy? Fuck! <laughs> and then, like, if it's the first timber house, <laughs> and you're like, well, the difference was this one had walls. <laughs> up on you. <laughs> um, I'm, do- I'm do- waterproof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's too hot in here to laugh this hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know what they were made out of. Presumably walls. <laughs> but... <clears throat> The several articles I read made a very big point of saying it was Seattle's first finished timber house. And I don't know why they would have been building with brick beforehand. I I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's important. Well, finished timber is like a term of art for like a two by four. So maybe that's what they mean instead of like log. Like instead of a log log cabin? cabin. There you go. Yeah. That's my guess. That sounds right. Perfect. I was just thinking there were like 14 half-completed houses, and this one was finished, so it won first prize. Anyway, it's called the Felkner House. It's Seattle's first hotel, and under Marianne's rule, it got a really sterling reputation. It was known as a place with clean sheets, with good food, 
and with no nonsense. By which they mean behaving accordingly. Behaving accordingly. (laughs) No nonsense, because Marianne tolerated nothing. This is what earned her the name Mother Damnable, was that she swore like nobody's business. She was reputed to have a tongue worse than her sailor husband, worse than Mm. her sailor employer. It was said in, in many articles that, quote, her profanity was equally colorful in English, French, Spanish, Chinese, and Portuguese. And she could hold her own in German, too. Queen. Such a queen. queen. Such a queen. So people in Seattle start calling her Mother Damnable. And then later, when she does install a brothel on the top floor, she is known as <laughs> Madam Damnable. Okay. Um, back up. <laughs> what happened? Well, she was... She was I have several... <laughs> Questions. <laughs> she, Liz, she was willing to rent to who paid the most. Like, if she had rooms that were open for rent that hadn't been rented to travelers, you know, uh, back then, like a hotel, a lot of the times was a long term stay. You were a minor in from out of town, and so you were going to stay there for a couple months while you got money and supplies and things like that. So if she had a room that wasn't being regularly turned over, she would rent it to the territorial court who either didn't have a courthouse or didn't have enough space in their courthouse, depending on the year, she would rent mm-hmm. them rooms for $25 a day, which is $750 in today's money. And then get it. she also charged them additional $10 a night if jurors needed to spend the night. <laughs> oh, so she was all about making that coin. She was stacking paper, honey. Apparently, in 1854, the local government held a lynching trial at her hotel. This was one of the rooms that she was renting out for $25 a day. And they held court there and hosted some jurors there. And the attorneys and the judge and the jurors, they all had to eat. And she had a, you know, she was known for having a good kitchen. So at the end of it, she demands payment. And the prosecuting attorney asks her for a receipt. And apparently, she flew into a rage. She, according to the court report, she grabbed up sticks of wood for the fireplace and instead hurled them at the prosecutor, shouting, You want a receipt, do you? Well, here it is. Oh, my God. (laughs) That wasn't... What what the hell? Are receipts against her personal... Religion or what happened here? I assume, to me, it seems like a, what my word isn't good enough. I said Mm. you owed me $150. Why would you need me to break that down? That's what you owe me. Oh, so you think it's like an itemized thing? I I think think so. He was like, I gotta take the receipt back. And I'm like, they probably didn't do that back then. They probably didn't reimburse you. Good lord. I remember going on work trips when I worked for the state. And if I paid for street parking... It was a blessing to find those parking kiosks that Mm -hmm. spit out the receipt. Because if I put my own goddamn quarters into a meter, I wasn't going to get reimbursed for that. But if I could put it into one of those little kiosks and it out a receipt (laughs) or at least a ticket that said I bought three hours, they would reimburse me for that. 
My delightful. Goodness. Well, there's a better known story about Mother Damnable. This is what she was most known for in her life, because she's also known for something in her death, which we'll get to. But the best known story about her and her fiery temper is when the U.S. Navy had to clear a new road through town in front of the Felkner house. So at this time, I forget what the war is called or what the battle is called, but basically all the white folks are killing all the Native American folks around here. And there's a fort, and nearby is anchored this ship Decatur in Elliott Bay. And they're there to protect the settlers from, you know, what they say are hostile Native Americans. And they were supposed to clear this road through town to make it easier for the army, for troops and whatever, to get around. And apparently, when the crew went past the Felkner house, they started trying to chop down some bushes that, for them, you know, were just part of the Wild West landscape. And for Mm -hmm. Mother Damnable was on her property, or Captain Felkner's property, which she was willing to defend to the death. Those were her forsythias. Those were her forsythias. My God, it's like the time my dad lit Ava's lilac bush on fire, and we heard about it until (laughs) she died. (laughs) Fortunately, Thomas Phelps, who was the lieutenant of the Decatur, had a memoir. And so he recounted this story for all of us. He called Madame Damnable a demon in petticoats. Ooh. Which is great. Like, keeping that for my Tinder profile. Thank you. (laughs) And also a quote terror to our people who found her tongue more to be dreaded than the entire Indian army recently encamped at our front. Good for her. (laughs) So the, I don't, I'm just like her versus everybody. I feel like I would hate her in real life. She sounds like a pain in the ass, but I'm just like, you're, you're inspiring poetry. Yes. yes. That's how much of a pain in the ass you are. You're that much of a pain in the ass that people are writing poems about it. You absolute cankle, but you inspire men (laughs) to be the best. Yeah. In his memoirs, uh, Captain Phelps, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Phelps writes, The moment our men appeared upon the scene, with three dogs at her heels and an apron filled with rocks, the termagant would come tearing from the house, and the way stones, oaths, and curses flew was something fearful to contemplate. And charging like a fury with the dogs wild to flesh their teeth in the detested invaders, the division invariably gave way before the storm, fleeing, officers and all, as if old Satan himself were after them. Yeah, was it possibly one dog with three heads? (laughs) (laughs) If anyone was going to have Cerebus this side of the river sticks, you know it was Mother Damnable, right? Okay. <laughs> so all the soldiers, officers among them, as a lieutenant said, everyone was terrified of her. If they got even close to her property line, she started chucking rocks and sticks and sicking the dogs on them. <laughs> so they finally get back to Decatur and they get Sam Silk, who is the ship's quartermaster and who Lieutenant Phelps called a veritable old time salt to come talk to Mother Damnable. (sighs) I mean, this is like two rams 
in the barnyard. Yeah. I don't know why he thought a veritable <laughs> old time salt was going right? to defuse like, the situation. Somebody was going to remind her of her ex husband. <laughs> yes, right. Because that went well. <laughs> it went so well. She was really into that relationship, and it ended amicably. Apparently, Quartermaster Silk comes up, and he first is like, hey, lady, this road is super important. You really want this road here. It's going to be great for everyone. We have to build it like the government. You know, it's told us we got to do it, so we better do what they say. And we're not going to mess with you, but we'd, we'd really like to build right here. And she goes, fuck your chicken strips. And through <laughs> abuse and sticks his way. She must have spent every night just collecting rocks again. I suppose she so. She just had to go out there with a basket and like be like, okay, I guess I'm going to make a couple trips because I got a lot of rocks to throw every day. You know what, though? I just decided if I'm ever given the opportunity to go back in time, one time, I'm going to Mother Damnable and I'm taking her some boomerangs. Oh, nice. She doesn't have to pick nice. them up ever again. Oh, I think this is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Also, maybe like one of those Dennis the Menace style slingshots, but like a Nerf gun bandolier, you know, <laughs> so she can put her ammo in that. No, a super soaker. Oh, yeah. A super she soaker. Would love a super <gasps> She'd soaker. She'd be so excited by that. I love this idea. Apparently, when Quartermaster Silk's reason did not bring her to reason... In Phelps's memoir, it says, he tried again, saying, What do you mean, you damned old harridan, raising hell this way? I know you, you old curmudgeon. Many's the time I've seen you howling thunder around Fell's Point. You're a damned pretty one, aren't you? Yeah, that's how you win a Yeah, is that negging? I don't understand. But Lieutenant Phelps says... The effect was magical. With one glance of concentrated hatred at Silk, she turned and flew like the wind, scattering sticks and rocks on all sides, and with her yelping dogs, disappeared into the house, never again to be seen by one of the Decatur's crew. I don't believe it. I I don't believe it. She wouldn't have backed down like that. Mm -mm. There's no way. And I also, like, it was pretty an insult back then. You're, like... You're a pretty one, like being like you're pretty enraged. I don't get it. I don't understand why that. I think it's sarcastic. Oh, oh, I think you're cute. Oh, makes sense. That's my. I guess. don't understand quartermaster speak. Apparently, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting like twenty five percent of it at most. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love to know what her go to swear words were, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, what was that profane? And was it that she had swear words that she used a lot? Or was she one of those who, like, strings it together? Yes. Where it, they make it in sort of just a beautiful, freeform yes. poetry rap performance yes. of profanity. That's what I want it to be. Yeah, calling people, you know, uh-huh. toads and pawn scum. And nothing that's actually really painful, but because it's coming from them with such vehemence and such colorful... You know, mm-hmm. the chimeraism, mishmashing of words that it's actually scathing. That's an art form. I That's don't beautiful. have that art That's form. That's Deadwood, man. That's the West. Oh, That's yes. <laughs> yes. The best parts of Deadwood would when they would be when they would go off on that. So good. <sighs> Do you have a favorite swear word? Mm. Fuck. Uh, yes. I mean, Say it again. Just, I... <laughs> <laughs> We do have an explicit tag. Don't add us. Mm-hmm. The, 
I don't know. I, I just use it a lot. Yeah. I think it is very evocative. Yeah. I know we have been accused of making sailors blush on this show, and mm-hmm. I should just say you should see what we do with sailors when you're not mm-hmm. around. Yes, you but- should. <laughs> But I think it's just, it's crisp, it works, and I think it's far enough over the line into profanity that I'm never tempted to use it in situations where I wouldn't swear. Because I think if you listen to me just on this, you probably don't know I will go, you know, all day at work and then all day around my kid not cussing. Uh, It's bizarre. I can read a room. You really can. You do have that professional teacher persona that you can just flip over like when you know cara devine says enchantress take over you know and all of a sudden yeah 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 the only times i've ever said fuck in the classroom were when i was reading quotes that involved that yeah okay okay that's pretty good because i've been teaching policy for the last three years shoot dude i don't know how you do it no (laughs) in this economy (laughs) right no my favorite is turkey burger it, turkey burger is pretty good. Turkey burger. Um, Jason had his buddy at work once call him a chicken nugget, and he goes, "You're a ten piece chicken McNobody," <laughs> nice. which I think is an excellent nice. comeback. Yeah. Oh my goodness, our darling mother damnable curse words and all, as we all do, had to, to die eventually. We what? Oh, 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 should we take this offline for a minute? Do you need me to? It's okay. Yeah, let's just. Uh, yeah, just take a moment and I'll, I'll talk about poor Mother Danville going yeah. to sleep for a long I'm going time. Farm upstate. Mother Damnable died in 1873. And at the time, she was buried in Seattle Cemetery. But. As we know, what happens with cemeteries when they're in frontier towns and then the towns kind of boom and the town starts spreading out into what was the edge of town and now it's going to be prime real estate. (laughs) We... Like, we didn't want to walk that far, but (laughs) now we kind of feel like we should. I guess. So we pull pull a poltergeist and Mm -hmm. we don't just move the headstones. We dig up the entirety of Seattle Cemetery so it can be turned into Denny Park. So all you Seattleites listening, I know you've been to Denny Park. You have been picnicking and not social distancing on the former graves of Seattle's first people. (laughs) You turds. You turkeys. Um, So they moved... Those folks over to Lakeview Cemetery. Lakeview is the one that has Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee, and it's got yeah. Princess Angeline. I mean, it's got how it's got the Denny family. It's got all the Seattle bigs are in Lakeview. The thing was, though, ten years after she was buried, they dig her up to take her to Lakeview Cemetery, and upon digging up Mother Damnable's grave, the Undertaker and his crew made a discovery. Do you remember what this discovery is from your Uh -uh. readings about it? Uh -uh. Well, the first indication that something was up was that it took like six to eight men to haul her coffin out of the ground. They estimated it weighed between 400 pounds and 2,000 pounds, which is a really big jump. Oh, my 
God. Open it, guys. <laughs> they did. Unpack it and then move it. Well, they okay. had to get the whole thing up before Undertaker Oliver Shorey could open it up. And on August 22nd, 1884, as it was lifted from the ground, he did just that. When he removed the lid, it said he found that she had turned to stone. What? Right? It says her form was fully sized and perfect, the ears, fingernails, and hair being all intact. Her features were, however, somewhat disfigured. Covering the body was a dark dust, but after that was removed, the form was as white as marble and hard as stone. What? I know! I know! I did not hear this before, no. Wow. Apparently, uh, what people, what modern day forensic scientists, undertakers, morticians, whoever, thinks is what happened is they think she didn't turn to stone. In fact, what they were seeing was that she was covered in adipose hair. She's saponified. She's saponified is exactly right. She She's covered in corpse wax, and this happens when fat decomposes in wet conditions. Such as the lake Such in the as, Lady of the Lake episode. Yes, exactly. Such as Crescent Lake or Lake Crescent, whichever the one it is that's the haunted <laughs> one, not the other one. It is likely that it's impossible for corpses to turn to stone, especially in only 10 years in Seattle. Yeah. It's not like she died and became a stalactite yeah, or something. Yeah. She didn't covered in limestone or stalactite, like you said. But yeah, apparently they said that she was like 400 pounds made of solid stone as far as they felt she was. But... Modern historians, modern folks that are looking into this think not only was it saponification, was it the adipose hair, there apparently for about 15 to 20 years before her grave was dug up, there was a spate of reports in national newspapers where people were finding stone corpses. I'm using air quotes here. This is getting stranger by the second. Yeah, right? Apparently, the first one was... I didn't read it this well, so I'm going to mix it up. But it was like a dude in New York had like a 15-foot stone dude carved and then buried on his property and then Mm -hmm. kind of enticed, yeah, kind of enticed some people to come digging. And when they found it, he was like, oh, some ancient (sighs) Indian is buried here, was his quote. And apparently that inspired copycats. And so... People reading today, knowing what they know, think that it, it wasn't really stone. That's not really a thing. It was probably really weird to see, and probably the Undertaker hadn't seen it before. But uh, definitely the stone was an idea that was already implanted in people's heads as something yeah. that could happen to corpses, yeah. right? Exactly. Like, we wouldn't go to stone, but yeah. they were like, well, it's one of those. We know about those. Yeah, we know about those. It's a trend. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it's the newest thing. Just wait. Um, <laughs> we're going to come across the Civil War and embalming is going to wreck you. <laughs> You're going to wild out. <laughs> but, of course, because of this, people picked up on the fact that Mother Damnable turned to stone. And that was God punishing her for her meanness and plain old cussedness in life. And that is her legend now. She was a 
termagant in life and turned to stone in her death. The turn to stone thing is interesting. When you're just describing the heavy coffin, I'm like, her treasure is in there. <laughs> she was buried with all of the coins from everything. No, it's a stone body. Because yes. I'm still, I mean, uh, saponification doesn't explain why it was so heavy. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Hmm. Maybe it was, no, okay, I was going to say maybe they saw the the thing they thought was stone and then announced that it had been really heavy. I know. Did it feel really heavy to you? Yeah, Horace, it, it uh, yeah. did. I was like between 400 and 2,000 pounds, I think. <laughs> I think somewhere in that neighborhood, my gosh. Somewhere in that range, for sure. Oh, for sure. I think I... So, but no, that doesn't really explain it, because why would they just pry her coffin open? Exactly. Yeah, no, they... Yeah. Opened her up because she was so darned heavy. And they, huh. actually, I guess they didn't move her to, I'm looking further in my notes, and they didn't move her to Lakeview right away. She was actually interred in Washili. This is a Washington word I can't pronounce. I'm not sure of this. Washili, W A S H E L L I. Washili? I have no huh. idea. Washili. They actually moved Mother Damnable twice. So not only did they dig her wow. up, from the Seattle Cemetery, the old Seattle Cemetery, and they turned that into Denny Park. They interred her in Washili Cemetery, which also later was dug up to become Volunteer Park. <laughs> Is she just a little park generator? She's just a little <laughs> park maker. Okay. She finally did make it to Lakeview Cemetery in 1887 and has been there since. And her gravestone has Mother Damnable on it. Oh my god, oh, that's amazing. Oh, I want to go get a rubbing of that so hard. It sounds amazing. That is legendary. That is just, yeah. Good for her. I can't even get mad at it. No. I didn't. I was just like, yeah, I feel like that. I channel that. I want to do throw rocks at people a lot. Doesn't that just feel like... People who come too close to me yeah. and- do stupid things. Yeah. Doesn't that no. feel like the crone energy you want to tap into? Where you're like, I'm just, yes. I'm not dealing with this right now. You can get sicked upon by dogs. You can get a mm-hmm. stone to the face. Or I've got some kindling I can huck your way. Like, you've got three options. How would you like your ass handed to you today? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at is the only part of this that I don't want to believe is the part where she backed down. I'm yeah. Like, no, we got to workshop that. We got to come up with something better. There needs to be a twist, not just, oh, somebody yelled at her. You think she never had somebody yell oh, at her before? Right. Right. You kidding me? Right. I th- no. no. I think toughest broad in the business. Running a hotel yeah. in 1800 Seattle. Yeah. You know how many bodies she had to drag out. <laughs> how yes. many people didn't want to pay. Yes. You know, oh my god. Yes. I like to think that she flew back in the house to get like a fire poker and the whole crew mm-hmm. was just like, oh, we've won. Better go back to the ship to celebrate. And they like or double timed yeah. it out of there before she could come back and hit them <laughs> with her iron. Uh, well, here's my version, okay, which, when he's doing his speech about, you're a pretty one, aren't you, you old termagant, every third word, he's just handing her another gold coin, like, surreptitiously, <laughs> as he gestures yes. at her, and that's yes. why his speech goes on so long, she's finally like, alright, yes. my hands are full. That's oh, so good, <laughs> yes, it's it's like in Congo, where the, the Congolese lord, they, they give him $10,000, and he just goes, more. And they have to give him another $10,000, and he goes, more. <laughs> like, yes. Yep. 
money, yeah, please. money, please. <laughs> yeah. God love her. And that was her thing. She was like, we can do this my way, but I can still make it look like you want if you want. I, absolutely. I'm willing to let you keep your dignity as long as you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Such as it oh, is. Oh, my goodness. I actually, I felt like I'd heard the term Mother Damnable before, and I'm not sure if that's true or if it's just such a cool phrase that I had wanted to hear of it before. But one of the articles I read made a point to mention that Mother Damnable is usually attributed to her because of her foul mouth. However, the title Mother Damnable has been in in our lexicon since the 17th century. And wow, okay. Yeah, it was apparently there was a ballad called Mother Damnable's Ordinary that was written in England in July 1656. Wow. And in 1656, all the kids were using the term Mother Damnable to mean a madam or a witch. Okay. Right? All right. And I'm like, all y'all, you can call me Mother Damnable now. I will totally be referred to as a witch as Mother Damnable. That's just cool. Yeah. That's a... I I love Mother Damnable energy is what it's called now. It's MDE. MDE. And (laughs) it's good. doesn't invoke any parts. It's just Mother Damnable energy. Yep. And it's when you just throw rocks at your problems (laughs) until they have to pay you to stop. (laughs) It's going to take me so much money to stop throwing rocks once I start. For $10,000, I will stop. More. More. (laughs) More. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And then while he's saying that, Tim Curry's there just eating coffee cake, being Tim Curry. What a good movie that was. Congo had no problems at all. (laughs) Nothing problematic happened or scientifically implausible. (laughs) Not a thing. Solid all the way through. I remember that. Really, it was the inception Mm of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) that's my story that's a good i'm so glad i got to bring you a woman from our past who has the energy that we wish to inspire in each other and our beautiful damnable listeners i feel i feel like i should apologize for liking her despite the fact that she sounds awful (laughs) but i'm like i don't know can she just be an avatar of rage can we yes. just have an avatar of throwing rocks at people yes <laughs> can i can we just have an angry angry person yeah. she just gets to be angry because some of us don't always get to be angry when we want to be yeah. <laughs> but out there somewhere she's flipping off god yeah. with both hands and healing backwards down pike oh street. my god she just is like- healing absolutely she is mm-hmm. yes with a cigar and you know shades yes. oh my mm-hmm. god you know me, it's really difficult for me to access anger, and so what I kind of want is a Santos candle of Mother Damnable, so when I am justifiably mad and can't access that right away, I can burn that and be like, look, Mother, can you just give me a little bit of this rage boner? I just need a tiny... MDE, please. MDE. (laughs) More MDE. (laughs) I want it. I don't think that's bad at all. Yeah, I think people that are socialized and perceived as female get an interesting lesson mm-hmm. about how anger is supposed to work. And whatever that was, I think they were teaching it when Mother Damnable was around, but I do not think she showed up. No. I think she misunderstood the assignment. I think you're right. 
Good for her. I think you're right. <sighs> All right. Well, is that what you got for me? It was great. That is what I got. For- Folks, if you would like to continue this conversation, swear words or not, you know you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. We have our website. We have got so many fun things in Etsy right now. I have got maps galore. We've got those amazing holographic Pacific North Weird stickers. I just ordered more of the Sasquatch Trees stickers because I had a few people reach out and want to buy them, but guess what? We're all out. And I just heard from our supplier our very first batch of Ouija Broads pins. Enamel (gasps) pins is supposed to be in the mail to me next week. So by the time you're listening to this, they might actually be in the Etsy shop. So please go check them out. They're really cool. We worked with uh, my buddy Kate, who's a local designer and artist. I don't even remember what they look like. They have... M-D-E written all over them because we decided for our first run, we weren't necessarily picking things off the show, but how the show makes us feel or made her feel as an artist. And she thinks that you and I would strongly identify with Baba Yaga. Oh, I like it. Baba Yaga energy. That's that's some crone energy. It is some big crone energy. So our first pin is a Baba Yaga house with some... Guys, there's some glow-in-the-dark elements. Shit. Oh, my God. I know. I, this is not me pretending to be excited like we're on a shopping network. I just genuinely forgot this was happening nope. and didn't remember anything about it. Good. I kept it from Liz. I kept, like, the glow-in-the-dark bits, but I'm terrible with surprises. So, oh my uh, God. yeah, we're excited about that. So, definitely check out the website for the show notes. That's where you can find the Etsy link, because it's under Devin's personal Etsy, branded a long time ago. Hello, most ghost. Hello, most Hello, ghost. Hello, most ghost. ghost. I think it says a lot for my memory that I just, it never occurred to me that you were surprising me with this info. Oh, and I spend so much of my time being surprised by information <laughs> that people think I already have, that I was just God like, love oh, you. I knew this and forgot. God love you. There's nothing significant about Devin saving information until we get on the air, <clears throat> even though she told me she was doing that an hour ago. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> they made houses out of walls, too, Liz. I know you are. Yep. <laughs> That's new information mm-hmm. to you as well. Folks, we would also love, of course, if you come join us on Patreon. That's where you get outtakes. That's where you get warm-ups. Liz, uh, for a warm-up, will ask me a question, and we sometimes get very deep. Always <gasps> a wonderful little glimpse into how we treat each other, which is with love and respect and swear words. <laughs> I am spinning out, my friend. How about you take us home? Oh, okay. I wasn't ready for you to throw me the solo, but Oh, okay. never mind. Don't take the solo. But Fine, I'll they... do it. I can... No, I'm doing it now. You gave it to me. You can't... Let go. Let ah. go. Get your fingers nah. away from it. It's mine. Sticky fingers. <sighs> I really enjoyed getting to hear a story about a cool woman today, and I have recommendations for cool people of every gender. Or no gender. Mm -hmm. You can always choose that. Regardless, you need to live weird. Babies, you need to die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. listening. She didn't die weird, but she did get turned to stone, which I think counts. That's pretty weird. (laughs) Pretty weird.